The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash GreenFestival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 6th of June in London. Coming up today... Apple's vision for the future. Tech giant launches a $3,500 mixed reality headset. Crypto clampdown. The SEC accuses Binance of engaging in a web of deception. A new offensive. Russia and Ukraine engage in fierce frontline fighting. A make-or-break vote for the CBI and Twitter ad sales tank. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers, and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, in danger of a short circuit, tech firms warn the UK is losing its business allure. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Apple has launched its long-awaited mixed reality headset, but it comes with a hefty price tag of just under $3,500. The new Vision Pro will go on sale in the US early next year. Apple CEO Tim Cook says it's a game-changer. So in the same way that Mac introduced us to personal computing and iPhone introduced us to mobile computing, Apple Vision Pro will introduce us to spatial computing. This marks the beginning of a journey that will bring a new dimension to powerful personal technology. But despite Cook's soaring rhetoric, investors were left unimpressed by the high price tag with shares slipping from record highs after the announcement. The product is Apple's first major new category since it began selling smartwatches in 2015. The SEC has accused Binance of engaging in a, quote, extensive web of deception and a calculated evasion of the law. The US regulator also alleges that the crypto exchange misled investors about its trading controls. Bloomberg's Sue Keenan broke down the claims in the SEC's suit. The SEC alleging that the CEO and Binance itself well aware they were violating uh, securities laws. And this is a theme that the SEC is using, that they were operating in unregistered securities exchange and mishandling customer funds and misleading everyone along the way. Bloomberg Sue Keenan there. Binance has called the complaint disappointing and says that it will defend the platform vigorously. The Aussie dollar has jumped after the RBA surprised markets by raising its cash rate to 25 basis points to 4.1%, the highest since April 2012. Commenting on the hike, RBA Governor Philip Lowe says some further tightening of monetary policy may be required. Consensus was for the bank to hold steady in the light of slowing economic growth. 
European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde says that inflation pressures remain powerful and borrowing costs will be raised further to tackle them. Speaking to EU lawmakers, Lagarde reiterated that core price rises remain strong. Indicators of underlying inflationary pressures remain high. And although some are showing signs of moderation, there is no clear evidence that underlying inflation has peaked. Lagarde's comments cement expectations for another interest rate hike at next week's meeting of the euro area's central bank. Russia and Ukraine are reporting fierce battles along the war's front lines as anticipation mounts for Kyiv's long-planned counter-offensive. According to Deputy Defence Minister Hanna Maliar, Ukrainian forces have advanced around Bakhmut, describing the eastern city as the epicentre of hostilities. However, Moscow says its forces defeated a new large-scale attack in the eastern Donetsk region on Monday. Speaking to Bloomberg, former US Special Representative for Ukraine negotiations Kurt Volker says the counteroffensive is underway. People are looking for something that is different from what we will actually see. They're looking for some big movement of tanks rolling across these defensive lines. I think instead what we are seeing is Ukrainian attacks against Russia's logistics infrastructure, the fuel, the ammunition, the roads, the bridges, the rail lines. Monday's claims by Ukraine and Russia have not been independently verified. Now to the UK. Technology companies are warning that Britain is losing its business allure. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts reports. The UK is a broken economy for startups and risks falling behind in areas like AI and semiconductors. That's the warning from Tech UK. The lobby group has almost a thousand members, including giants like Apple and Amazon. It says Britain's policies need an urgent overhaul. It calls current regulations both expensive and awkward. It follows on from Microsoft's criticism after the UK antitrust watchdog blocked its takeover of video game maker Activision Blizzard. Tech UK's report underscores growing doubts over the UK's post-Brexit attractiveness at a time when homegrown companies, including Arm, are looking abroad for investment opportunities. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are our top stories on the programme this morning. Some of the stories that have caught our eye, though, today, have you noticed the lack of rain? Uh, I have. I think I have two passions and they're reflected in this chat, which is uh, gardening. I have definitely noticed the dry spell that London um, has been going through. It's been days, in fact, three weeks. Yeah, the 14th uh, of May was the last time it rained in London. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And the issue, of course, is it raises the red flag again. Are we going to get another brutal summer across Europe in terms in terms of droughts and extremely dry conditions? In fact, the Met isn't forecasting any rain for the capital until the 11th of June, so still a few more days. Yeah, OK, which is, which is good if you're a sun worshipper, but less good when you're thinking about how the city is going to be able to sustain itself uh, with, with particular hot weather yeah and my second passion money of course <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it I was like Caroline's two passions weather and money yeah okay. well sort of <laughs> uh, I joke but look family offices I love this bit of data um, KPMG and the recruitment firm um, Agris have basically broken down how much money you can make in charge of one of these family offices we know that they proliferated um, you know they manage uh, um, money for you know the wealthiest families in the world apparently 40% of the CIOs in US families family offices earn at least a million dollars a year annually. But look at Europe, it's only 6%. Wow, 
I mean, the difference is, is incredible. And given the prevalence that we've seen of these kind of family offices uh, rising up for so many kind of big figures in finance, uh, very interesting to see how much those CIOs are being paid in those businesses as well. Another uh, factor of the moving financial industry. Let's turn back, though, to the big news uh, from Apple launching what it sees as the next stage in devices, spatial computing with the Vision Pro mixed reality headset. Apple expects to be able to sell about 900,000 units of its Vision Pro in the first year, but at just under $3,500 a piece, some investors are sceptical. We've got Bloomberg's Alex Webb with us uh, to make sense of all of this for us. Um, let's talk about the technology itself first, Alex. Seven years in the making. What is a mixed reality headset? Well, you have virtual reality on one hand, which is immersive. You are in a, in a virtual world, in a computer game, for instance. That's one piece. You have augmented reality, which is where you have information superimposed on your natural environment. Here's an image of the Eiffel Tower. It is, however, many hundred meters tall. Augmented reality. Bring the two together and you get mixed reality. So you actually have a headset which is it's a screen in front of your eyes. You're behind an actual display, but it can also show you the outside world. And this is what this new headset can do. Okay. Um, $3,499. I mean, I can only imagine that in the UK and Europe, it's going to cost a little bit more than that if you translate it into sterling. Will consumers spend that, that, that kind of price tag? I mean, there will certainly be some. Uh, the, the kind of three things to remember here are that uh, Apple, well, Mark Gurman, our colleague, has reported that in its first year, which will be next year, it won't be this year, Apple only expects to sell in the order of 900,000 of these. Not massive in comparison to the sort of tens of millions of iPhones that it sells every year. Um, secondly, the way that it pitched this during the, uh, the presentation, the first real use case it demonstrated was a commercial use case. It was showing it used in the enterprise. Um, that is the uh, clearly the target uh, for now because companies have deeper pockets than individuals do and can, maybe can more readily justify this. The third part then is the reaction to that, which is share, shares or investors were disappointed, right? With the moment that uh, they showed that enterprise use case, the shares dropped off a cliff. I say dropped off a cliff. They lost about two, $2 um, of the 183. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, Apple's quite sort of hinting at a, that investors need to be realistic about this. They're not expecting big numbers, it seems, anytime soon. So this is Apple pushing into a new space. There are others already there as it's arriving. Is this a big problem for Meta? In the short term, it's actually like to help Meta, right? Because it means that they go, see, this does have a use case. There are things. It is cool. It can be fun, right? And, of course, because Apple's not going to be coming out with this product until sometime next year, mm. gives out, you know, Facebook, Meta a year of runway. After that point, when Apple not only comes to market with a product, comes to market and starts to come to market with cheaper versions of the product. You know, Meta's um, headline headset is about $500. This is seven times more expensive than that. They can go, oh, well, you know, we're still offering something which gives you some of that functionality. Um, it will start to become a problem, particularly as, in, as developers build apps and services for the Apple headset rather than for the Facebook one, right? That's Apple's huge advantage. It's got a massive ecosystem of developers building for the iPhone and plenty of others of its of its. Um, the rest of its hardware lineup essentially when if apple is selling more than meta is then developers are going to go would rather build for apple than for meta
Yeah, okay. Uh, Really interesting. Bloomberg's Alex Webb, thank you so much for being with us on that lead Apple story. Up next, a make or break vote for the CBI and Twitter ad sales tank. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Paper Review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans joins us now for a look through the newspaper, starting with The Times. I feel like we should perhaps call you the CBI correspondent. Um, the headline is CBI members vote on reforms today. But this really is kind of important and a big moment. I feel like I have covered this story a lot, but it is really interesting and it, of course, affects the businesses here, Caroline. So something we are focusing on and must keep our finger on the polls. Now, members will vote on the future of the Confederation of British Industry and at least half of them must back Rain Newton-Smith's proposals for change. The Times reports members and former members have said privately that they believe the CBI is likely to secure a majority vote. However, members who have left, so former members, are not allowed to vote in this, something that is concerning some people. The SSE has become the latest member to back the CBI. So the energy group has been convinced by this big joint letter that was signed by Siemens, Microsoft UK and ESSO that was published in The Times backing the CBI's overhaul, which we have discussed. However, one member planning to vote against the plans told the Times its new prospectus was unconvincing. So there are dividing lines here, two different sides. But let's just put this all really simply. Today is make or break for the business lobby group, the CBI. It's been around for nearly six decades and it's really fighting for its survival. And this comes after all the scandals that has engulfed the lobby group. And the business chambers of commerce, remember we discussed this yesterday, they appear to be tooling up as an alternative lobby group for businesses. But 4pm today, we'll know the results of that vote. Okay, so what? that's the latest to watch on the CBI. Let's go to the New York Times next, Leanne. Twitter's US ad sales plunge 59% as woes continue. I just have to say, this is a scoop from the New York Times and it's something that is quite eye-opening. So billionaire Elon Musk says Twitter's advertising group was on the upswing. Those were his words. And he also said almost all advertisers have now come back and the social media company could soon 
soon become profitable. But not as all as it seems. Twitter's US advertising revenue for the five weeks from April the 1st to the first week of May was $88 million. Now that is down 59% from a year earlier. That's according to this report in the New York Times and it's citing internal documents that it has seen. The company's performance isn't expected to improve anytime soon and there's this massive concern that advertisers may be spooked by this rise in hate speech and pornography on the network. Now the firm's new CEO Linda Yaccarino, she started yesterday so she has this epic mounting to climb if all is to believed by these documents the New York Times has seen mm. and the company has actually regularly fallen short of its weekly sales projections. This is also all in the document. Yeah, Bloomberg Opinions at Hammond is writing about some of the challenges facing uh, Twitter um, and actually his argument is, is that for his next trick, Musk should take Twitter public again. Ooh. So there's a different twist Ooh, on that story yeah, from our Bloomberg Opinion columnist if you want to check on that one. Uh, just lastly, the Financial Times says UK grocery spending soars as food prices rise. I mean, this sort of inevitable, the prices that people are paying. Well, Caroline, I think we can all feel it when we get to the checkouts of a supermarket now. I think we're definitely all feeling that high food inflation, which is pushing up grocery spending. And now we're getting figures really to back up the way that we're feeling when we get to the till. And this is actually prompting many consumers to cut back on discretionary purchases. So data from the British Retail Consortium and also KPMG shows food sales increased by an annual rate of 9.6% in May. Now, that's well above the 12-month average of 6.9%. So just a few figures there. Also, figures out today highlighted how rising food prices are now the main driver of overall inflation. We do know inflation fell, but not as much as was hoped. And now separate data from Barclays, which monitors almost half of all credit and debit card transactions, also showed fast rising supermarket spending. And I just want to bring you a quote from the head of the retail at KPMG, Paul Martin. He said the grocery sector was the fastest growing part of the consumer wallet. So we're all feeling it. And also, I was reading something interesting yesterday. Aldi, which is one of the supermarkets here in the UK, has said in order to bring down prices, they're going to be switching off their lights. So there's going to be a few lights that are shopping on. Shopping in the so, dark. No, you yeah. won't be shopping in the dark, but not all <laughs> of the shopping. lights will be on. So they're going to try to save okay. on energy because also energy costs yeah. are high for the supermarkets. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. 
The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.